0: So, you are a 100-year-old company with $125 billion in revenue, and you decide it's time to change the company and transform how we sell. Who are you going to call? You're going to call our guest today, Kate Katowski, who is with General Electric. And before we turn to Kate, I'm Michael Krigsman. I'm an industry analyst and the host of CXO Talk, and you are watching episode number 266 of CXO Talk. I want to say a heartfelt thank you to Tact AI. They are an amazing company. It's a small company that builds an assistant, a personal assistant based on artificial intelligence for salespeople. I've been an advisor to the company, they're a great company. Some of their customers are the largest organizations in the world, including General Electric. So go to their website, tact.ai. And thank you so much to TACT for supporting CXO Talk. Without further ado, I want to give a hearty welcome to Kate Katowski. How are you?
1: Hi, Michael. How are you?
0: I am well. Thank you so much for being a guest on CXO Talk. And tell us about GE and tell us what you do. Great. No, thanks for having me, Michael. Um, I'm currently based in Boston. Um, I've been with
1: GE for 20 years and what I'm currently doing for the company is leading our sales function globally and specifically, I'm leading the current digital transformation of our sales force. So today, GE has uh, 10 different business units. We have 25,000 sellers in 180 countries. And the the job that my team and I have is to really help create a technology stack for sales. And the reason why we're we're working on a transformation of our sales force is because um, GE is in the process of transforming from a hundred and twenty-five-year-old industrial company to a digital industrial. And one of the things that we've recognized is, is that is that if we're really gonna become a digital industrial, it's important that we think, act, and work. In a digital way.
0: And so, from a sales perspective, what does that mean? When you say think, act, and work in a digital way, give us some color as to what that means.
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Michael. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll share a specific example. You know, for me, I've been with the company 20 years, as I mentioned. And when I look at the way that our sales teams are selling, they're fundamentally selling the same way as I did when I started and graduated off GE's uh, core, you know, technical leadership program you know, 18 years ago. Um, you know, The tools of the Salesforce are mostly PowerPoint. Uh, it's mostly product training. More recently, outcome selling training. And more recently, probably in the last 10 years, one of the key tools of the Salesforce is CRM systems. Which essentially are really databases, and so um, you know when, when we think about those as the as the tools of the sales force, I would argue that those aren't modern and contemporary tools. And so, what we really want to do is create a technology stack for sales that helps our sellers to be more modern, more contemporary, and most importantly, helps them to address um, our customers' needs.
0: So, it's the intersection of technology and sales that you're focused on right now.
1: Yeah, that's right, Michael. You know, I think I have the best job in the company because um, my job really is the intersection of three things that I really love, um, which are, you know, getting to spend time with our sales uh, teams all around the world, it's um, product development, um, particularly software product development. And it's all focused on change and transformation, um, and and the digital space. And so the, it's it's a it's a great role.
0: This uh, transformation that you've been describing is a very large transformation that cuts across GE. That's right. That's right.
1: Um, you know, the way to think about um, you know our team is we're we're currently a horizontal in the company. So meaning we really. Um, focus on the common needs and common problems of each of the different business units. Even though we might be selling you know, aircraft engines in one business and MRI machines in another business in our healthcare business, at the end of the day, um, there's more uh, that's common across all of our different business units than um, that's different. And so we work on the common needs and common problems of those divisions.
0: So, from a sales standpoint, then you 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 have General Electric has so many different divisions, and they're so disparate. And so, from a sales standpoint, what are some of the those common elements that you're? Is it fair to say that you're that you're unifying?
1: So, yeah. So it's a great question. I mean, I think um, you know here's here's an example I'd share, right? I think um, one of the one of the great things uh, we've done in partnership with our um, CIO is uh, we've created more um, synergies. Um, so in the past, each business unit would have a, um, a, its own commercial CIO, and and that commercial CIO is dedicated to working with the sales leaders to make sure that the sales teams had the tools and the technologies that they needed. Um, we've recognized that um that's probably an inefficient way to work and so we've consolidated all of that into one commercial CIO that works across all of the businesses is an and is essentially my partner in uh, getting a lot of this work done
0: So you're working uh, very closely with the with IT and the CIO. And I just want to remind everybody that we're talking with Kate Katowski, who is with General Electric and responsible for sales transformation. And there's a tweet chat going on right now using the hashtag CXO So if you go to Twitter, you can actually send questions to Kate. So so you're working closely with IT and the CIO, and why is that so important?
1: Yeah. Great question, Michael. I love that question. Look, um, one of the things I'm, I'm convinced of is that um, all future sales leaders, I think in order to be successful, you really need to have a very close working partnership with your CIO. Um, look, there's a lot of technology that exists today. It exists right now. It's on the market right now um, that can dramatically change your sales process and make you um, significantly more efficient um, and make your sales teams more productive, um, but the problem is, um, a lot of us, you know, quite simply, don't like change. And so, um, for me, it's been um, it's been fantastic. You know, I, I, I've almost felt like uh, an IT wannabe, and uh, I've spent a lot of time with the IT team. And um, what I can tell you is, is that they're incredible partners. And any job I ever take in the future. Um, I'm going to make sure that I have um, the opportunity to really develop a close partnership because I can see how it can be incredibly productive.
0: How do you uh, engage? The reason I'm asking is, for many organizations, there are such strong silos. We have sales, we have marketing, we have IT, and these all—each of these groups has its own objectives, its own KPIs. And so, how do you manage the collaboration? How do you do that?
1: Yes. Yeah, Question. You know the way that I chose to organize. You know when I was asked to lead this digital uh, transformation, I chose to organize my team um, as product product management. So I have product managers that wake up every morning that are focused on different areas, and they partner. Um, with a lot of, you know, technology companies. And in some cases, we're, you know, we make decisions every day, Michael. Are we going to build, make, or buy technologies? And in some cases, things are strategic and we want to have the IP, um, around it um and, and we feel like we can execute it faster than someone else and so we'll choose to do it on our own but in a lot of cases there's a lot you know the sales technology landscape is exploding right now and there's a lot of great uh, technology like tact ai for example um that exists that it's it's cheaper faster better for us to partner with a company like tact to bring a product like the ge digital assistant to market um, you know, and to our uh, sales professionals, uh, than it would be to try to create it on our own.
0: That's really interesting. So you are, so you are actively deciding where to invest. Do we build the technology that we need? Do we go out of house and, and buy that technology? We're working with IT to deploy that technology. And how do you make those kind of difficult investment decisions? The those make versus buy decisions.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it's it's really the core function of product management to make those decisions, right? Every dollar that we have to invest, uh, from a capital standpoint, we want to make sure that we're getting a four to five dollar return. And so, from a capital allocation standpoint, you know, that's how we look at it. You know, the other strategic questions that we ask ourselves are, you know, is this um, strategic in nature. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, it's strate- it was strategic for us. Um, you know, We, we just uh, built our customer data foundation. It took us nine months to link 50 instances of Salesforce all around the company and to set up master data management and data governance um, for our customer data. And, and we believe that data is the new oil and that data, and that having you know um, data is, is going to be strategically important for us. And and for us as GE, you know, we have always spent a lot of time valuing financial data. You know, we protect the financial data. We spend a lot of time on the financial data, but we hadn't been spending time and investing money in our customer data. And I would argue that that's strategically more important in the next three to five years. Than the financial data. And so that was an area that we chose to invest in. Um, you know, we did have a partner um, that, that helped us with machine learning, but we, we invested in that on our own. In other areas, like, for example, Digital Assistant, which helps our um, sales teams to rapidly update CRM with never having to open up their computer, which they love. Um, you know, they can text it in or voice in their their CRM updates. That's an area that is already developed. Um, that the artificial intelligence technology there is is sophisticated and it would take us longer to try to do that on our own versus just we can get to market faster. We can Implement it and have a benefit, and see a benefit sooner than if we than if we were trying
0: to do it on our own. Kate, that's you raised a very, very uh, fascinating point that data is the new oil, and we've been focused on financial data, but now we're focused, or I should say, you're focused on the customer data. And so, would you elaborate on that? That's 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 quite quite fascinating, actually, quite interesting.
1: Yeah, you know, this is a topic I'm really passionate about. Um, the way that we started to work on this was really quite simple. Um, you know, like a lot of companies, <laughs> look, I'm, in, I'm embarrassed to say that, um, you know, we didn't have a system to manage all of our customer data all across the company. And the outcome of that is, is, is staggering, right? We know that our sales team spend two-thirds of their time today on administrative tasks, and only one-third of their time um, face-to-face with customers. And we know that uh, when our sales team spends more time in front of our customers, we know that they sell more. Uh, we've proven that with statistics and regression analysis, and we, we know that cold. Um, so, what was important to us was you know, look, Michael, I was building, you know, the things that I always wanted when I was selling and leading sales organizations. And I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, if I was, um, you know, I came from the lighting business. And when I was in lighting, I wanted to leverage the G store. I wanted to leverage uh, the contacts that someone in oil and gas had with ExxonMobil. And I wanted to get a warm introduction to ExxonMobil. And so in the past, I would spend three weeks on average Calling and emailing around the company to try to find the right person that could give me a warm introduction, and the reality is, is that that's just not efficient and it's not productive. So what? So the reason why we um, invested time and money to um, you know put this customer uh, data set all together for the company is because now. If I want to get a warm introduction to ExxonMobil, I can find the information in seconds and I can see who are the the 12 people in the company who have active deals with ExxonMobil. Who are they working with? What's the job? How big is it? Um, I can see all of that. Whereas in the past, it was like finding a needle in a haystack, Michael.
0: So, having the right data will make a direct impact on the time sales uh, that salespeople are able to spend with customers, but at the same time, they'll have better, more accurate, more up-to-date and complete information as well. So, it's both of those things.
1: Yes. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly
0: right. And we have a question from Twitter. Scott Weitzman is asking: Is uh, utilizing these new technologies helping you drive higher engagement from uh, field sales, and therefore becomes almost a uh, like a new form of motivation? So, does the technology, and I'll add the data, does it help motivate the salespeople?
1: You know, the answer is yes, um, we've seen that. And, and one of the things, um, so first of all, thank you so much for the question. I think it's a great question. Um, one of the things that we've seen is that um, it is a motivator. I'll, I'll give you a great example. You know, we, we implemented um, in partnership with TACT, the new GE Digital Assistant. Um, and one of the things that we saw, one of my favorite quotes is from uh, Matt uh DeMeo. Uh, and from our healthcare business, and and he told us he said, "Look, he said, I love this technology because he said, Kate, in one day I saw more customers, I updated CRM more times, you know, eight times in one day versus one day on a, you know, once a day on, on average, and I never even had to open up my laptop." And so if you think about it, all of our sellers, it doesn't matter if you're with GE or, or what company you're with, every seller that's really worth their salt, they all just want to sell and, and they don't want to be bothered with a lot of administrative tasks. And so um, we found that, yes, a lot of these technologies. Do provide a motivation and they quite simply enable our sales teams to just do what they love, which is spend time with customers and not spend time on a lot of administrative tasks.
0: Now, Kate, we've been talking about how technology enables the relationship with customers, enables salespeople to, to do a better job, to be more efficient, and so forth. But from the customer standpoint, how have buyers' expectations, your customers' expectations changed? And so, what do the, how do the customers view this, and what do they want, and what do they demand?
1: Yeah. I, I like this question because I think this is one of our biggest learnings. Um, you know, Look, he, here's what we've really learned about our customers. What we've learned about our customers is that our customers are changing um, faster than we are. Quite honestly, and, and what's driving this? There's a couple of things driving this. One of the key things that's driving this is the consumerization. Um, you know, the, the, the consumer internet companies, Google, Facebook, Amazon, and more, um, they've had a tremendous impact on not just our customers, but our employees. And 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 how is that? Well. You know, before I go to bed at night, right? You know, I might buy something on Amazon, and it's really easy, right? It takes me less than a minute or two to do to to do that. But then I wake up in the morning, and I go to work, and I see, you know, if I'm a sales professional, I open up my CRM and I see what looks like a database. And quite honestly, it just doesn't feel good, you know, it, it doesn't. And um and so, um. What what we see um, is is the need for um, technology, you know, to transform the sales experience. One of the things that we believe is that if we invest um, to transform the sales experience, we then in turn empower our sales professionals to transform the customer experience, and and so that's been a, a big learning for us.
0: Yeah, isn't that amazing? The we we've come to expect tools that somehow not only do the, have the functions, but somehow make us feel good. And, That's
1: right. That's right, Michael. I mean, it's, uh, you know, our, our customers, though, are demanding a better experience, and our employees, rightfully so, um, are, are also demanding a better experience. You know, I, I want to build on that question, and, you know, there, there's one other point I want to make on that. Um, that I think is really important uh, for your audience because I think this is a key learning for us. And I, I wish I would have known this, so I'll, I'll share it with, with, the, with the audience. One of the other uh, realizations that we've come to is that our customers um, really want to buy differently than they have in the past. Um, I think in the past, Michael, if we wanted to drive growth, we would say, ah, we just need to go hire more salespeople. But you know what? That's actually not what we need to do. Uh, well, you know, if you look at the way the customers want to buy, they don't want to see a salesperson at the beginning of the journey. But what what our customers do want is they do want to see a thoughtful white paper. They do want to read an interesting case study. They want to go to a conference and hear a, a great presentation about something that worked at another company. Um, and, and all of that is, is done by marketing. And so we have to invest in marketing at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the buyer's journey. The other thing is is that we, we always want the salesperson to kind of own the whole process. but the reality is is that our customers don't want to buy that way. In the middle of the sales cycle, they're probably more comfortable interacting with someone online or on social media or getting a simple question answered. It's actually much later in the sales cycle that they want to see and interact and spend time with a sales professional. And so what this means is two things. It means several things. Number one, we need new investment in marketing and, you know, we and, and more investment in inside sales than we've ever had before in order to Enable our customers to be more delighted with how they work with us. Um, it also so so essentially it means a new division of labor. It, it means to me that we don't need necessarily as many sales professionals as we've had in the past. That we can deliver a better experience to our customers at a lower cost if we just look at how we do work differently.
0: So you're talking about uh, that that. Whole sense of experience seems to be a creating that positive experience both for salespeople inside the company, your employees, and for especially for your for your customers. It seems that's a very strong common thread here.
1: Yes, that's exactly right.
0: We have an interesting question from the at Cxotalk account. Who asks? What does sales transformation actually look like at General Electric in terms of things like process? How does the process change and the outcomes? What are the outcomes you you expect from from this?
1: Oh, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, look a, a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I'd say that we're not. I think it's really important to note uh, we're not done with our transformation by any means. But I I do think that. Um, when we get invitations to speak about it, uh, one of the things that we do feel is important is to be very transparent about what we're learning and also about how we're how we're failing and how we're making mistakes, um, in hopes that we can help the entire industry. So one of the things that I'd share, you know, to answer your question, um, you know, that the process, um, you know, does look different um, in, in businesses like uh, our GE Power business, for example. One of the things that our GE Power business has done a really great job um, under the leadership of Meg Chapman, a very talented marketing profe- uh, professional, um, is they've invested a lot more in digital technologies that help capture data about um, our customers. And I'll, I'll give you, I'll share a quick example. Um, one of the things that Meg Chapman and her team did is they started to um, capture data about customers that were visiting um, the website. And, and what they started to do was piece together the customer fingerprint. And they would get data about what things the customer was downloading and what they were interested in and how much time did they spend in certain areas. And I remember recently that they shared this information with one of the sales professionals in the Chief Power team. And the sales professional said, and, and they said to the sales professional, look, uh, John, um, you, know, you really need to talk to this customer, um, this utility in Florida, about um, this new product. And the sales professional, John, said, oh, no, I, I don't need to speak to them about that. I don't think they're interested in it. And they said, well, look, we've been capturing data. We've captured the customer fingerprint. It says that they are. And, and so he said, OK, I'm going to try it. And so he goes and he speaks to the customer about uh, this, this technology. Sure enough, it turns out they were interested because they were downloading information. They were looking at different case studies and more. And in you know four months, this sales professional won an $8 million order that normally would have taken a year uh, you know, to win. And, and so I think that's a great example of sales and marketing collaboration, but it's also a good example of... GE Power implementing their sales transformation and it's resulting in more orders faster.
0: So you have real collaboration across all of these groups.
1: Oh well I wouldn't say that we have real collaboration across all groups, and I think we're on a journey, but that's certainly the goal. And I think, you know, everybody, every business is at a different place in their transformation. But I think we've got pockets of of a lot of great work happening all across the company.
0: Well, I want to uh, just take a moment and say thank you to the uh, sixteen thousand viewers who are watching this right now, and there is we are speaking with Kate Katowski, who is responsible for sales transformation at General Electric, which is a one hundred and twenty five billion dollar company. Think about that. That's a uh, that's a lot of billions. So uh, go over to Twitter using the hashtag CxO Talk because there's a tweet chat happening right now, and you can ask questions directly of Kate. So, Kate, uh, you've been talking about change and transformation. What about change? It's hard. You said that earlier. And so, how do you how do you drive change through such a large company?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, look, and again, I'll share a failure um, that I think uh, and and a learning, um, you know, that I think illustrates the point. Um, You know, look, when we were at the beginning of this transformation, one of the things that I did is that, you know, I started talking about why we were doing it and why we were investing in it and investing time in it. And one of the things that, I, you know, I explained to folks was that, look, we're doing this because, you know, for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, we want to become a digital industrial and we recognize that if we want to sell digital, uh, we have to actually be digital ourselves. Um, and, and so that's important, right? As you're as you're trying to, you know, you have incredible uh, credibility with customers if you can, um, share your own experiences because the future of selling isn't about selling. It's about really uh, sharing insights and thought leadership and experience with your customers so that they can be successful in their own transformations. So um, that was part of why we were doing it. But, the other, but when I spoke at a very high level about why we were doing it, I spoke about, you know, we're, we're trying to drive growth. Uh, we're trying to drive speed. We're trying to drive productivity. We know that when we drive five percent productivity in the sales force, we can deliver six billion dollars, uh, which is you know no no small amount of money. Um, so when I started talking about this, Michael, you know the reality is is that um, you know the sellers like talking about growth, speed, and productivity. It didn't really make them like want to jump out of bed in the morning. I mean, it just didn't, right? I mean, if I'm honest with myself, it just didn't. And so one of the things that I learned was, um, you know, I read Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, um, and it had a big impact on me. I really came to understand the importance of purpose um, in uniting a group, and and I learned that there's a difference between um, leading an initiative and starting a movement, and I said, I want to start a movement. Um, And so what I came to be familiar with um, was the law of of innovation. And what the law of of innovation says is that if you want to drive any change anywhere, if you want to successfully sell a new product, if you want to drive a sales transformation, whatever you want to do, um, the law of innovation, it's a simple bell curve. And what it says is, Is that you need to um, first convert the the innovators, the first 2.5%, and then the early adopters, the next 12.5%. And at that point in the curve, you, you get to the first 18%. And that's your tipping point. And so that's how you really create change. And so what we did is we gathered together the different business units and we crowdsourced our purpose for our transformation. And so instead of talking about growth, speed, and productivity, which people didn't care about, we crowdsourced the purpose. And the sales team came up with something much better than I could have ever come up with, which was our purpose is we're we're here, we wake up every morning inspired to build trusted relationships with our customers so that together we can change the world. And this relates to GE's bigger purpose of we're here to build power, cure and move the world. And uh, I don't know, I I thought it was very inspiring.
0: Do you consider yourself to be a change agent? I know you're a sales transformation leader, but how do you think about yourself in this change role?
1: Yeah. You know what's funny about that, Michael, is that I recently uh, worked with um, Simon Sinek and his team, and they helped me discover my own purpose. And I didn't know it, but when when I went through the process, I, I discovered my own purpose, and my purpose is... Is that I have the courage to go first and then I make it safe for others to come along. And I didn't realize it about myself, but when we went through kind of my life history, uh, there was a lot of examples of where that was true. And so that's why, like, this is a great job for me because it's really aligned with my purpose.
0: I'm just tweeting this out. I, I, I love that. I mean, you've just defined, in a way, that's the definition. Of a natural change agent, I have the purpose to go first and make it safe for others to come along
1: I have the courage to go first and then I make it safe for others to follow. yeah I don't know why i just uh I just ended up that way. I don't know genetics, I'm not sure
0: <laughs> so change agent, obviously clearly is a major part of what you do that's That's what you do that's right so. I want to switch back now to uh, some of the tools discussion, and I know that you're working closely with Tact AI, uh, which is underwriting this episode. And again, I want to say thank you to Tact. You know, being on CXO Talk, there's there's no there's no cost to watch CXO Talk. There's no we 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 are not paid for people to be on cxo talk it's it's pure meritocracy and it's underwriters like tact who make it possible for us to be here i mean we're like npr i mean it's literally true so we're very grateful to tact and and i know you're working closely with tact so please tell us what are you doing with tact ai
1: so, TACT has been a great partner uh, for GE and, uh, we, you know, TACT has, has worked with um, several of our business units. Um, you know, our uh, GE Healthcare business, our uh, GE Energy Connections business, our GE Digital business. And what we've loved from the beginning um, about the technology um, is that when we talked about, you know, that consumerization um, you know, that, that our customers and our employees are really kind of demanding. Uh, you know, TACT AI, You know, it really uh, delivers on that. Um, you know, it really creates uh, an enhanced experience for our sellers. And what we've loved about it is that it doesn't matter what business unit I talk to, it is the only and believe me, I've looked at you know the the sales technology landscape as we talked about earlier is exploding right now. You know what's happening to sales is what happened to marketing about seven to nine years ago. You know the the function will transform more in the next two years than it has in the past fifty, and it's happening right now. And so, um, you know, one of the things that's really important is that. Um, you know, we find technologies that can be used in multiple types of business units, and this is the only one that it seems everybody can agree creates real value.
0: So, what are you doing with them? Tell us about the nature of that. Tell us about that relationship.
1: <laughs> so, um, we've been partnering with Tact. Uh, we, we, we partnered with them to create the GE Digital Assistant. And essentially, what this is, is this is an overlay on top of uh, our, our CRM instance. And what it does, quite simply, is uh, for those in the audience that are listening or watching that maybe can relate to this, I'm, You know, if you're a business and you're struggling, you have low CRM adoption, there's a reason why. It's because your sellers don't want to enter data into a database because there's not really anything in it for them. And if you're listening, you might say, Well, I'm a company that doesn't have good data in my CRM database. Well, again, there's a reason why. It's because there's not really anything in it for your sellers. And so what we've loved about um, the GE Digital Assistant uh, product uh, that we, you know, um, built together is that it enables a seller um, to capture either through text or through voice, Um, you know, the goal, what we call the golden five minutes um, after a sales meeting. And so, um, you know, what we find is that um, we're getting more data entered into the CRM system. Uh, um, You know, in in businesses like healthcare, it's eight times a day on average. We just got done with a large pilot of 300 users. Um, In businesses like digital, we're getting CRM updates on average 16 times a day versus one day on average. And so that excites us because as we get more data, we're starting to, you know, entered into the system. We're also seeing better data quality Once you get better data quality, you can start to um, share that with your supply chain function and your product management function and your marketing function and all these functions in the company that want to help sellers win, um, but they just, quite honestly, don't have good enough data.
0: Now, you're obviously a very, very large company, and Tact is uh, a startup, and so how do you How do you work? How do you manage that? It's really, for many companies, it's hard. For many large organizations, it's hard to do that. So, how do you manage that relationship and work in a productive way with with a smaller company?
1: You know, I think one of the biggest changes that we've had in the company, um, and and I really give our vice chair, Beth Comstock, credit for this. I think Beth has really made it safe um, for all of us in the company. To really partner a lot more uh, with companies, you know, of all sizes startups, uh, small companies, mid sized companies, it doesn't really matter. Um, But I think she's really made it safe for us to do that. Um, And and so I think one of the values that we have as a company is we're really seeking the best ideas regardless of the source. And so for us, um, you know, we love partnering with startups. Because really, uh, GE is, uh, you know, we're a 125-year-old industrial company, but what we want to be is a, a digital industrial startup. You know, we're trying to reinvent ourselves. And so we love, we love spending time with startups because we're trying to think, act, and work more like a startup ourselves. And so um, we've really valued uh, the partnership with TACT. Um, they've, they've taught us a lot. Uh, you know, very early on when we were working to build our strategy, uh, they were a key partner in helping us think through that.
0: That's interesting. So it's not just a matter of product features and functions in that relationship. it's it's learning from them and sharing sharing that uh, strategy development, if we could say uh, as well. That's right.
1: That, that that's been key for us. The other thing is they, they've also had great assets. You know um, one of their uh, they have a great, um, very nimble team. You know, I remember we spent a whole weekend uh working on a video and um it was better uh than what we could do in house and we needed that video because we needed to communicate what the digital assistant was and we needed to help leadership really understand it we were getting ready for a big uh commercial council meeting uh, with our ceo and and so it was a great experience and you know they made us feel good too because they said look you're such a big company but yet when we worked with you over the weekend on this, um, you know, we, we got a lot done, and it almost felt like we were working with a startup, and so uh, that kind of made us feel good because we're trying to be one actually. So.
0: When you're working with a company like Tact, uh, how do you evaluate the relationship? Are there metrics? Are there is there a checklist? How do you think about that?
1: You know, I think when we're evaluating companies, what we're looking for in a partner is we're looking for a couple things. Number one, um, you know. Are, are they strategic? Um, you know, Do they have thought leadership that we can take advantage of? Um, do they have great technology? Um, do they have a quality mindset? And I think the other piece is, can they help make GE more competitive than it is today? And, and that can come in the form of price, but that can also come in the form of, of, of other areas of value.
0: So these are the 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 kind of checklist items that you think about when you're evaluating this kind of relationship.
1: Yes, absolutely, and I think we're also looking for partners that are flexible. Um, we're also looking for partners that um, think and work in terms of data and metrics. So, for example, when we have been uh, working on this three hundred person pilot with our healthcare business, we set up a, a whole host of KPIs. And metrics Um, at the beginning of the the pilot and we said, look, if we achieve these goals, we'll both mutually deem that this was successful and worth investing in scaling. And so uh, that's what we've been working on more recently.
0: We have only uh, about five minutes left, and so, again, I just want to remind everybody that we're speaking with Kate Katowski, who is responsible for sales transformation at General Electric. And There's still a moment where you can ask questions. Go to Twitter at uh, hashtag CXOTalk, and I also want to give a shout-out to Jill Rowley, who introduced me to Kate with the word saying and Jill Jill came to me and she said, you know, you have not spoken about digital transformation and sales transformation on CXO talk, and that's an oversight and you need to speak with Kate. And she introduced us and so that's a shout out to Jill. Thank you so much. Uh, but Kate, as we finish up, what advice do you have for other organizations who may be trying to undertake a similar Kind of uh, transformation as you've been going through. You've you've been through it, and you're going through it. What advice do you have?
1: Yeah, well, I I just want to you know I think some of the advice I'd have is you know you mentioned Jill, oh. and I think um, you know Jill uh, was was one of the um, strategic consultants uh, we partnered with early on to quite honestly uh, just really understand um, you know the industry and and how. Um, you know, it had really been changing, and, and she'd been a great um, strategic uh, advisor and partner to us um, early on. Um, so I think number one, I think you've got to surround yourself with experts um, and and thought leaders in the industry. Um, so I think that's important. Um, I think second, I think the things that I wish someone would have told me, you know, quite honestly, is um, you know, number one, I think you know, a lot of us are type A, right? You know, at GE, we're, you know, we got a lot, we, got, we have 300,000 type A uh, people here. And when you're type A, uh, you, you tend to want to be perfect, right? You want to do everything perfectly. And I think that that worked in an old industrial world, um, you know, but I think we're in a time of great disruption um, every industry is being disrupted, every company, every function. And so what that means is, is that we all have to change, you know, change and adapt our ways of working and thinking And one of the ways that we've been um, trying to adapt is we've been trying to think, act, and work like a startup. And and so that means starting small. Um, That means testing and learning. Um, That means being really comfortable with failing. And and I mean really comfortable where you've got to celebrate failures. You know, um, I know Beth, you know, loves to give, Beth Comstock loves to give the example of how, Um, you know, we, there was someone who came to her with a great idea and said, I want you to give me a million dollars. And she said, look, before I give you a million dollars for this idea, let's just test it. Let's just spend $10,000 and let's just test it. They spent $10,000 and found out that the idea would not work. And in fact, it failed. And so as a result, um, she celebrated the fact that we didn't spend, uh, $900,000, but we've only spent $10,000. Um, and so I think that was a great example um, of a leader who's helping us to see the world differently and to help us to see that we actually should celebrate failure. And when we do that, we make it more comfortable for our teams to fail. And when we're failing, we're learning. And when we're learning, we're growing. And when we're growing, we're changing. And we're getting better
0: and i think that the this kind of testing and experimenting and then changing course based on the learnings that gets right to the heart of not just corporate agility but functioning as a startup and innovation it's right to the right gets right to the center of it
1: yeah that that's exactly right michael and i think you know for for those that are listening i think you know a lot of people say well, I can't do a sales transformation because I'm not big like GE or I don't have a lot of resources. I, I would actually argue the opposite. I, I believe that any company of any size um, can, can execute a transformation and you don't need a lot of money and you don't need a big team. All you need is a
0: commitment
1: um, to, to test and learn and fail and experiment and keep iterating just like a startup would.
0: We have uh, we're we're actually out of time, but we have one last question uh, and from Twitter, and this is from Anurag Harsh, who is a uh, a senior executive at uh, Ziff Davis and, and a guest. He's written seven books on digital transformation, and he's been a guest uh, on this show. And he's saying, uh, what are the key strategi- key strategies that you have to incentivize? The best salespeople do sales commissions work anymore?
1: Oh, it's a great yeah, great question. Thank you for that. Look, um, here's what I would say. I you know we're actually looking at incentive compensation right now as a company. I think um, you know we are. You know, I think there's some fundamental principles or beliefs that we have. I think under our new leadership, under our new CEO, uh, John Flannery, one of the things that he believes is that, you know, our best sales professionals uh, should make a lot of money. They should be making more than our CEOs. And I think that's a fundamental strategy change for us um, because that hasn't been the case in the past. And so I think, um, you know, that's one area that we're exploring. I think the other area that's important to explore um, is that the role of sales is changing, meaning that our customers, when I think about some of the biggest deals that we're winning, um, it's not just the seller. That's selling on their own. It's actually a team of individuals. And a lot of times the customers are making the buy decision. You know, for, for example, um, in our aviation digital business, for example, um, customers are making the decision to buy after they've met with the chief technology officer. And so that's a great example of how more you know more of the functions are playing a role. You know we've got other businesses where um, you know big deals that we've done wouldn't have gotten done without the personal involvement of the CFO. Um, you know walking the customer through the fine, you know the financing package that GE was going to offer for um, you know a large deal. So so I think that fi- you know groups like finance uh, technology um product management they're all playing a critical role in helping us win big deals and so as a result it only makes sense that their incentives should change as well
0: that was a very detailed question and a detailed answer you have been watching episode number which episode is it it is episode...
1: 266 right michael
0: that's <laughs> 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 yes, that's right. Thank you. You have been watching episode number 266 of CXO Talk. And we've been speaking with Kate Gatowski, who is responsible for sales transformation at General Electric. Kate, thank you so much. And I, I hope you'll come back and do this again with us another time.
1: I'd be happy to, Michael. Thank you. It's been fun.
0: Everybody, thank you for watching. And next week, at this same time, we are speaking with Chris Satchell, who is the Chief Product Officer at Comcast. So check it out and be sure to like us on Facebook, don't forget, and subscribe on YouTube. Thanks everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye.